0: I want to um, really encourage you to get a Bible. These are the ESV. I mean, if you're old like me, you can't read a word it says. It's pretty small print, but um, there's nothing like having a Bible, an actual Bible, you know. Um, otherwise, as I always say, you know, if you just look at your Bible on your phone, it's nothing wrong with that, but it just becomes like an app to you. And, uh, it, you know, just something different about actually having a Bible. So I encourage you to take one. Uh, if you don't have one, you're welcome to take one. Or if you know of somebody at home that would really need a Bible, take one for them too, but make sure you give it to them. All right, well, let's pray and uh, we'll get going. Father, we once again commit our time to you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your loving kindness. Oh, Lord, that you are a forgiving God. And we ask you this morning as we heard last night that you would draw us into your word and help us to see the great relevance of it, Lord, for life today, that, Lord, through your word, we can learn to live and glorify you on this earth. We thank you, Lord, that you are personal, and, Lord, you go before us. And I pray this morning that even as we look into your word and think about the great theme of forgiveness, that you would speak to us. Oh Lord, we long that you would open our hearts, for you alone are the one that can give us a new heart, and you are alone the one that can form us and transform us into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust our time to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to, as you can see up on the. screen here. We're going to talk about the theme of forgiveness. Man, what a gigantic theme, and we can go in many different directions. Um, but what we're going to do this morning is really think about it from the perspective of a believer or a Christian. Now, again, I cannot, I don't know where you all stand uh, with the Lord, but I'm assuming that you're here, so you have a heart for the Lord. And uh, what we're going to speak about, not so much regarding that God is a God of forgiveness or He is a forgiving God and the work of Jesus Christ on, on the cross on our behalf, but rather we're going to look at it, your heart, forgiveness in the heart of the believer. For you and I, and I include myself, and it doesn't matter the age that you are at, we need to have a forgiving heart, we need to forgive. And I think it's one of those things that is so important in our day that we have a forgiving heart, that we understand at least what it means. But it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to just forgive. We can have some situations and circumstances that have been very difficult for us. And uh, again, even in your young age, you could have had a number of situations that are hard and difficult. And it's hard to forgive. It's hard to let go of it. It's hard to, to say it's okay. It's hard to forget. But right from the outset, I want to say this, that forgiveness isn't forgetting. Keep that in mind. Forgiveness doesn't mean you forget about it. We'll come back to some of that later on. But I want to read, and I was going to just tell you the story, but uh, I want to read uh, a little bit about a uh, a missionary um, back at the end of the Second World War. And I, I want to read her words because... I I can't do it justice. Um, Darlene Rose uh, was a missionary. Most of you probably wouldn't have heard of her, but she was a missionary to some islands in Indonesia. And uh, she went through the Second World War, ended up in a Japanese prison camp and so on. I I just want to read her um, opening remarks of her biography. People encouraged her to write a biography about her life and uh, the faithfulness of God. But I, I want to, she starts it off this way. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it just comes across much better when I read it in her own words. Peace came to the Japanese prison camp two weeks after it was heralded on the highways and on the footpaths. Remember, she's on a small, small island in the middle of of nowhere, really. On the uh, the 19th of September, 1945, 17 days after the truce was signed aboard the battleship the USS Missouri in Tokyo, I, that is Darlene Rose, stepped carefully balancing my emancipated 80-pound frame, Uh, so she weighed 80 pounds at this point, Okay, my emancipated 80-pound frame into a bobbing rowboat that was to carry me... Uh, from my island captivity. In this rowboat, I would go toward a flying plane that was anchored in the harbor, and it was taking all the American personnel from the military prison camp. Eight years before, and a war away, I arrived on these islands. Our first wedding anniversary, to begin missionary work in the interior of New Guinea. Now, rowing away from the shore, I could think of nothing but two lonely crosses, half hidden on some remote hillside. One of the crosses, one of the graves was my husband. The other was my spiritual mentor and a pioneer missionary with great vision who had given 40 years of service to China and Indonesia. So that's what's in her mind as she's in this small rowboat being taken to this plane that's a flying plane that's waiting to take her back eventually to manila and then on to uh, the u.s now alone i started the journey back to my homeland that's the u.s how desolate the island shoreline seemed despite the lost foliage the sparkling blue waters i turned my face away as great bitterness corroded the edges of my soul like acid great description right she was bitter her soul was bitter. I was returning to the United States without a single possession. My mementos, my keepsakes of my married life had been stolen or destroyed. I wore a borrowed, ill-fitting dress. A huge ulcer was eating into my flesh on one of my legs. My once soft skin was scarred and molted from hours that I'd spent In the tropical sun working to advance the Japanese war effort. The disease of imprisonment, malaria, dysentery had left me frail and debilitated. For almost four years, my fellow missionaries and I, some 1,600 other women and children, measured our days in forced labor. No other world had existed to us beyond what we saw In these barren acres, we were totally isolated. Not a single letter arrived from home. Not one red cross package or not one encouraging pamphlet ever dropped from the sky from the highlights. We had no idea that anyone was even fighting for our freedom. So those are some of her circumstances. Those are some of the things that are going through her mind. Now suspended between captivity and and a new life, I felt fear like I'd never known. How would I live outside of the the confines of this familiar regime of suffering? Would I ever be free from the recurring nightmares? I'm not going to read some of that, just leave that there. This again is her own words. How would I respond when when I saw the joy of other people being reunited? Yet in my heart, there was a deep ache and pain for the loss of my husband. So she was leaving with nothing. Suddenly, I was awash with great bitterness. Lord, she said, I will never come back to these islands again. They have robbed me of everything that is so dear to me. The rowboat reached the flying plane. Will there ever be healing for such a hurt? I could only cry out to God and hope. Healing would have to come if ever I was to truly live whole and complete again. I reached and I grabbed hold of the rope ladder dangling from the flying plane. And then suddenly I heard noises from the beach, running feet and calling voices. Celabat Dijon, which means a peaceful journey. A peaceful journey, people were shouting. The Indonesian voices rang out across the distance. I looked up and I saw some who had come to know the Lord. Some who had shared in the indescribable suffering of imprisonment stood waving in a group from the shoreline. The notification of my departure had come so suddenly that I wasn't able to say goodbye. Their voices were raised in sweet benediction. God be with you, God be with you till we meet again, till we meet again. They were shouting. Their song released the waters of bitterness that had flooded my soul. The hurt began to drain from me, and my tears flowed in a steady stream. The healing had begun. I knew then that someday, and God only knew when, I would come back to these people and to this island. As the airplane became airborne, carrying me, away from this bomb-scarred terrain, the flooded rice fields, the coral coastline, and the mountains of my long bondage, I handed over eight long years of my life into the faithful, wise hands of a gracious God who alone could help me to understand the mysteries of deep pain, suffering, and eventual forgiveness. Okay, now that is quite a story. And it's quite an extreme story, but I think it helps set the scene for what we want to think about. So I just have to see how much time we have here. Um, This is such a big theme uh, regarding forgiveness. Forgiveness. We might ask ourselves the first big question that comes to my mind after reading that testimony to you, and I wanted to read it to you in her own words. Uh, and again, I recommend that book if, if you have a heart to go on the mission field and serve the Lord. Uh, it's a great um, story in, in that regard. Darlene Rose was quite a lady. Did you ever meet her, Kevin? Did you ever meet her? Um, she memorized the whole New Testament before she went to Indonesia. She memorized the whole New Testament. And the Lord really used that because when she was in that prison camp, she had no Bible, but she was able to minister to people uh, because she had memorized the whole New Testament. That's quite something. And you think, wow, wouldn't the Lord reward her greatly? She went through much suffering. She lost everything. Her husband, every possession she lost. And we might ask the question this morning regarding forgiveness in the life of a believer. Where do we even start with something like that? Um, these deep hurts, um, this bitterness within us, perhaps. And again, I don't know your circumstances and so on. And I know many of you are quite young, but we can have some deep hurts when we're very young. But we must start with the Lord. We always have to start with the Lord. Can we go to the next uh, slide? And in that light, I want to think about three things this morning. In the little time we have, number one is a challenge, the challenge of forgiveness. It is not easy to forgive. I'm not standing up here saying, oh yeah, just forget about it. It is not easy to forgive. And that would be our first point, a challenge or the challenge of forgiveness. The second would be, we'll look at it fairly quickly, the devastation of unforgiveness. What unforgiveness um, does to your heart, to my heart, it's devastating, absolutely devastating. If you walk or live in unforgiveness... If you just cannot forgive. And then lastly, this morning we'll talk about the cost of forgiveness. Because there is a great cost. Again, I'm not standing up here saying, Oh, this is easy. It's not. So the challenge of forgiveness, the devastation of unforgiveness, and then finally the cost of forgiveness. Coming back again to Darlene Rose and and her testimony, we might ask ourselves, Where do we start? How do we start? We saw the Lord begin to do something in a heart as she heard and saw those believers praising God. She didn't have anything, but there there was fruit. And there it was on the shoreline. Can we go to the next slide? As mentioned, where do we start with something like this? And again, this is something that I say over and over again at EI to the students. We always have to start with the Lord. And I'm going to touch on that, but I'm not going to go to the second part. And we always have to end with the Lord. If you know the Lord today, if you are walking with the Lord, you've got to start with Him, with the Lord Himself. I'm not talking about Christian principles, and I'm not talking about reading your Bible, but with the Lord Himself. You've got to start with the Lord. And you walk through the day. You walk through your life, but you've got to end with the Lord. Don't end with yourself. End with the Lord. You've got to end with the Lord. You've got to start with Him, and you've got to end with Him. Let's look at Psalm 92, verse 2. Turn with me to Psalm 92, verse 2. And uh, just to get some interaction here, um, I'm going to ask some of you to read or someone that would like to read. And we're going to start with Nick, just because uh, he's got the good, booming voice. He doesn't need a microphone, and he's going to set a great example. So could you stand up? Uh, Psalm 92, verse 2. Let's just listen to what the psalmist says. Psalm 92, verse 2. Thank you. The psalmist says to declare, to speak forth, to remember, to express in the morning the Lord's faithfulness, in the evening, come to the end of the day. It's a pattern clearly in Scripture. Uh, the morning, the evening, start with the Lord and with the Lord. We've always got to start with the Lord. And so you come to a situation like this, again, I don't know in your own experience where you stand. Uh, And and one of the reasons I I want to share with you, um, because we can have, even at your age, you can have some deep hurts in your life. They may be, you know, exaggerated. They may be... But whatever they are, they can be some deep hurts. And, and, and trending in your heart, hanging out in your heart, can be these hard stones of unforgiveness. And you can never really get past them. I, I, I picked up some stones because this is something the Lord really used in my life. You know, the uh, Lord wants to give us a heart of flesh, but you know, uh, they can be these, they may not be huge, but they can be these stones of unforgiveness. Some of them can be fairly big. Yeah, get one of these in your shoe. And I think you remember that you have it. You'll notice that, okay? You can get a tiny thing in your shoe. You know, I got these, what are these called? Um, charcos. Like, I mean, one of the most irritating things about charcoal, I love them because they they just, to me, are super comfortable. I know they may be not the um, greatest things for guys to wear, but anyway. Um, you get a little tiny stone in there? I mean, a little one. I mean, like, and it... And it and eventually you have to bend down pull that off go like that do that get it off and then the thing falls out and then you like look at it and it's like oh man it's like a speck that's just physically but you can have some of these in your heart they're not just going to go away unforgiveness is something that it will drain you it will zap the joy out of your Christian life it will prevent the power of God being at work in your life. But again, where do we start? We have to start with the Lord. Can we do the next slide? We start at this point, and again, I, I want to, to put the Lord before us. Because again, He's the one that can do anything. And He's the one that must be everything to us. We need to know this as a fact, as a truth, as a, uh, a clear... Um, declaration within our own heart god is a god of forgiveness you have to know that god does forgive that's it's just who he is clearly it's seen both in his character and also in his work we don't have a super long time to look at some of these but it is clearly seen in who god is as as a being in his character in daniel 9 uh, chapter 9 verse 9 and in Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 17 these are two prayers one Daniel is praying and in chapter 9 of Nehemiah the Levites are praying and so I'd like to ask uh, again two um, people if you would be willing to read Daniel chapter 9 verse 9 who'd be willing to do that if you don't want to do it you know just keep your head down and uh, who would be willing to do that Daniel 9 9 you know, and the students know. I'm gonna pick on you if you won't. No one says anything. Daniel 9 9. Alright, Alex, we'll take you. He looks at me and that that's good enough. Daniel 9 9. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness. we have rebelled against Belongs mercy and forgiveness. God is a forgiving God. Thank you, Alex. Nehemiah 9:17. This is like going to the dentist. Just get it over with. I won't ask you again, honestly. Just get it. Over. I mean, like four of us. Yeah, you know, when I when I well, I should say when I went to the dentist as a kid. I mean, I just I, I didn't like it at all. I just wanted to get it over with. So I tried to just do it. Um, so you know, who would like to read Nehemiah 9:17? All right, Cameron. Thank you. Thanks for going to the dentist. They refused to listen and did not remember your wondrous deeds which you had performed among them. So they became stubborn and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to excellent thank you well read you are a god of forgiveness you are present tense you are a god of forgiveness that's who god is in himself in his character in his person he is a god who forgives if you and i have the spirit of god in us we must forgive we must have a heart to forgive I mean, that's what we're building towards here. Secondly, we can see in the not just in God's character, and we could use a lot of verses to support that, and we're just doing a quick study here. But you can also see in the work of God, as displayed, that He is a God of forgiveness. We won't go through all of these, but could somebody read Luke chapter twenty-three, thirty-four? Who would be willing? It's a really easy verse. Luke twenty-three, thirty-four. Who's willing? Max, you ready to go? Thank you, Max. Luke uh 2334 so Pilate decided that their was to be that was it 24. 34 i'm sorry did i say 24 i meant 34 <laughs> i'm sure that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about <laughs> and then Jesus uh, said, father forgive them for they know not what they do uh, father forgive them because they don't know what they do who is He speaking to? He's speaking to, there He is on the cross. He's speaking to the Father about us, man. the crucifixion. And in that picture, in, in the work of God in sending His Son, we see there's a great cost to forgive. There's a great cost to forgive. But we see displayed in the work of God, God is willing to do that. Now, follow with me in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Let's... Get to Ephesians, page 4. I'll read a couple of verses just so um, I don't make you read everything here. But Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Just turn there with me. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In Him we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. Sins. Now turn over a couple of pages to Colossians, the next letter, or two after Philippians, you get to Colossians chapter 1 verse 14. It says this to us, In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then a little further in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, it says this to us, When uh, you were dead in your sins and in your uncircumcision of your sinful nature or your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. He, that is God, forgave us all of our sins. This is the pattern. This is the person of God. We see His work displayed. We've seen His character proclaimed that God is a forgiving God. And we've got to start with the Lord. Again, we come back to Darlene Rose and we think about her life. Where do you go with something like that? Firstly, as a believer, as someone that knows the Lord, you've got to go to the Lord. Draw near to God and what does it say? He will draw near to you. You must draw near to God. I must draw near to God. We need the Lord all the time. And uh, again, it can be over and over. But God is a God of forgiveness. Clearly, this is so. Our first point, if you remember once again, was the challenge of forgiveness. Where do we start with that? We look at this challenge. We have to look away to the Lord. God is a God of forgiveness. In His own person, in His character, but also displayed to us is His work. And you know what? You and I are recipients of that. You have to know that God has forgiven you for all of your sins. Past, present, future. Even the ones that you continue to stumble along in, repetitively. Jesus Christ died for all of your sins. He doesn't hold that against you and I if we truly come to Him and confess our sins. That's incredible. Our sin is against God. Our sin grieves God, but He still forgives And I don't think any of this is necessarily new to you, but I just want to put it out there because we must start with the Lord and we must end with the Lord. Now we ask the question, what happens if we refuse to or we just cannot forgive? Or how do we know if in my own heart there is unforgiveness? How do I know? What is the implications of not forgiving? What is the... Uh, lifestyle of unforgiveness. Now I'm going to put up, can you put the next slide? I'm going to put up a uh, a list of, um, what can we call those? Uh, a list of not good things uh, that can come out of us, I guess. And I want you to think about some of these. Now I'm not saying that every one of these means that you have unforgiveness in your heart, but it could be an indication. And I want you to see the devastation that takes place in your heart continually. If you are not, if I am not willing to forgive. Number one, bitterness. Are you bitter about something? Resentment. Do you have resentment in your heart? Is there something that you're resentful toward a person? Maybe your parents, I don't know. Are you petty and impulsive? That could be an indication. Petty means, you know, something that's not that big. It just really bothers you. Blaming others. Do you find yourself always blaming other people for things? Keeping a list of offenses. You go through these in your mind. Yeah, well, so there's that, and there's that. And that person, I, I don't like him. I, You know, after what he did to me. And you just keep this list, and you kind of go through it. You dislike yourself. It was stronger when I was looking some of this up, but it was almost you hate yourself. You don't like yourself. Because deep down you know that within you there's this unforgiveness. You're compulsive. There's a bondage that that you just cannot get over something, perhaps. You hold a grudge. You want to get someone back. Revenge is another word to put that. You, you, You only finally feel you can be free if you can get them back or pay them back. You don't take responsibility for your feelings. I mean, if you knew what I went through, you'd understand why I'm such a, you know, this and that. You just don't understand me because you don't know what I went through. No. You don't take responsibility for your feelings. You exercise poor judgment. You're not able to really make good decisions. You continually make poor decisions. And maybe it doesn't bother you outwardly, but inwardly it does. You, you have poor judgment. Perhaps your, your, your heart is clouded. You're self-righteous, and you feel entitled. You deserve, because I've been hurt so much, I deserve that. You don't understand my life, and you're self-righteous about it. You, you, you're not as bad as other people. Well, at least I'm not like him. And then there's bursts of anger. You just get angry quickly about things. Perhaps, I'm not saying all of these are so... And perhaps some of these can uh, you can relate to some of these. I'm not saying that um, every single one of them. I mean, you know, perhaps you get angry, but you know, like there's nothing in my heart that I know that I haven't forgiven. But it could be an indication. Why do you why do you have bursts of anger? You just you're frustrated. You're 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 bitter, and it just comes out in different ways. It's devastating. In fact, the uh, let's see if I can find what I. Noted here, sorry I, I I know it was somewhere here, but in the medical journals they've actually I, and again, Kevin, you can correct me later, not not right now, but um it says uh, i I read this quote that I don't have it here, but you would think I have I have so many papers I should have it somewhere, but anyway, um, that uh, unforgiveness is is as a disease that in the medical journals they recorded as a disease is so devastating to the human heart. And, and we're not talking here about Christians, we're just talking in general. Unforgiveness or not forgiving is just devastating to the heart, to your lifestyle. So think about some of these words. Think about Darlene Rose and, and uh, the Lord was gracious to her as she was getting onto that airplane, as she grabbed hold of that rope ladder, she heard the shouts from the shoreline. And she was able to look back and she said, when I I heard that, God be with you till we meet again. Something broke in her heart. God is alive. God is a God who forgives. Those people had come to know the Lord. Many, I tell this story over and over and I want to just quickly say it again, but in Unforgiveness, we see such a good classic picture in Great Expectations. I don't think that many of you maybe have read it. I haven't read it, but I know the story well enough um, of the lady that got jilted at the the altar. She got ready for the day and it was going to be her greatest day. She was getting married and Charles Dickens writes about her. She was so excited, but the man never turned up. And at that moment in her life, She was absolutely devastated, embarrassed. She was angry. She was bitter. And she never got out of her wedding dress. She closed the windows. She pulled the uh, curtains, the big thick curtains down. She had the clocks uh, set at that moment that he never arrived. And she just lived in her own bitterness, resentment, and anger. It is said of some children that would come and see her. They would look at her. And again, I'm not going to go into the whole story. And her wedding dress was there. And it was all eaten up at the bottom by rats. Picture of the heart. The rats were eating her heart away. She never, and eventually the story goes on. But that's what unforgiveness does. It just eats away at you. And again, I'm going to bring us to the point in a little bit for you to ask yourself, is there anything in your life that you haven't forgiven? It can be small, but it can be devastating. God wants us to know the joy of the Lord. God wants us to know the power of the Spirit. The Lord wants us to know His cleansing work in our lives completely. But unforgiveness can hinder that. And I know you can say to me, well, Miss Brejia, you don't know. I don't. But I know if a lady like Darlene Rose can begin to forgive, so can you and I. Again, what what do we need to think about regarding not forgiving? I'll give you another illustration. At the end of the Civil War, Robert E. Lee uh, visited a, a Kentucky lady who took him out to the remains of a a grand old oak tree that was in front of her house. There she bitterly cried that its limbs and its trunk had been destroyed by the federal artillery fire. She was mad about that. She was bitter about that. She looked to Lee for a word condemning the north or at least some kind of sympathy for her great loss. After a brief silence, Lee said to her, Cut it down. Cut down the tree, dear madam. Cut it down and forget it. It is better to forgive the injustices of the past than to allow them to remain. Let bitterness take root and it will poison the rest of your life. That's a good illustration, isn't it? Again, it's just a tree, but it helps us think about the roots of bitterness that will destroy or control the rest of your life. Oh, but Ms. suppose you don't know what I've been through. You don't know. I don't. But I know God is a forgiving God. And He can only do wonderful things. And He can begin to work that healing work in your life and in my life. To forgive. To be set free. To serve the Lord with gladness. To know the joy of the Lord. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying what happened is okay. I'm not saying that we can just forget about it. But we must forgive. That is not an optional extra. Well, maybe, maybe not. You have to. I have to forgive. Otherwise, we'll never move on. The devastation of not forgiving. Can we go to the next slide? There is a great cost of forgiveness. There is a great cost. And I I want you to think about this. The picture of the Lord going to the cross. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. He gave His Son. Now, most of you aren't parents, but I remember, again, when I became a parent and it hit me with a new reality giving up my own son. Wow. I would rather die than give up my son. God gave his one and only son. The cost of forgiveness is a great cost to forgive. I'm not, again, up here saying it's easy, but it's necessary. Forgiveness. These aren't definitions, but these are statements that are helpful. The act of pardoning an offender. Someone has offended you. Someone has done you wrong. I'm not denying that. Someone has done something that wasn't good to you, but you pardon them. You don't hold it against them. As when a person does not demand payment for a debt, someone owes you something, but you let it go. You don't demand the payment. A verse that would help us understand that I think is that the wages of sin is death. But, the gift of God, and so on. Lastly, in, in, in the New Testament, forgiveness really is the picture, the word picture, to let go. To let go. It doesn't mean that you forget It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt and uh, healing needs to take place, but it does mean you let go of it. To let go. Can we go to the next slide? There's three verses here that I want us to think about. Before we get to them, I'm going to give you one other short illustration. And, And you probably, again, it's from... Uh, 1947 so just after the second world war but it's some it's it's one that's just it shows the great cost of forgiveness and we'll come to these verses in a moment but let me just again read it because i it's so much better if i can just read it to you corrie ten boom you know her um from the second world war i'm sure we all know her The hiding place, and may you may have heard this this true story in her life, and the way the Lord worked in her life. But it's helpful to to ponder it again. Corrie Ten Boom was put greatly to the test and challenged with a great cost of forgiveness in 1947. So two years after the Second World War ended, she survived the prison camp, the labor camp that she was in. Her sister was. killed, she passed away in that prison camp, her close sister. While I was speaking in Munich, in a Munich church, Munich is a city in Germany. While I was speaking in a Munich church, at the close of the service, a balding a balding man with a gray overcoat stepped forward to greet her. Corrie Temboom froze. She knew this man well. So after this meeting, she had given a testimony and talked about a God of forgiveness. And some people were coming up to her and she was standing there and she was looking out to the people and she saw this man and she knew him. She knew him. So I want you to think about that. She was going to come face to face with the cost of forgiveness. He had been one of the most vicious gods at Ravensbrook. That was her labor camp one who had mocked the woman prisoners as they had showered. It came back to her in a rush, in that huge room with harsh overhead lights, a pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past these men, this man in particular. He was now pushing his hand out to shake hers and saying, fine message, a fine message. She's looking at him. Fine message, Fraulein, how good it is to know, as you say, all our sins, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, I fumbled in my pocket book for my pocketbook rather than take his hand. She pretended she was looking for something. He did not remember me, of course. How could he? I was just one of the thousands of women in that prison camp. But I remembered him. I remember the leather, leather crop swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. Wow, the cost of forgiveness. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he said. I was a god there. But since that time he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things that I did there. But I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Frohlein. Again, his hand came out. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Can you imagine that moment? And I want you to... I pause with the story. I want you to think about your own heart. Again, I've told you a difficult situation with Darlene Rose. I'm telling you about a difficult situation with Corey Timboom. Nothing like that have we experienced, I'm sure. There's a great cost to forgiveness. I don't want you to leave this auditorium this morning saying, Well, I-, I can't forgive. I want you to think of these illustrations, these true illustrations. Yes, we can. Yes, we must forgive whatever's in our heart. Because the devastation of unforgiveness doesn't go away. As I stood there... I, whose sin had again and again been forgiven, I could not forgive. I could not forgive this man. Betsy, that's her sister, had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? The soldier stood there expectantly, waiting for Corrie to shake his hand. She wrestled with the most difficult thing she had ever had to do. Again, think of her. She had spent years in that labor camp. It had been a terrible situation. Her sister Betsy was, was a great encouragement to Corrie Timboom. Boom. Uh, she was a little bit older, and, and she, she, she would continually try to hold these Bible studies with these, these ladies. And um, Corrie said, well, how can we be thankful for such a place? And, 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 and Betsy had said, you've got to be thankful for everything. Well, how can we be thankful for these fleas? This place is infested with fleas. If, if you 've ever had fleas on you from a dog, you know what it 's like How can we be How can we even be thankful for that and Then one day, Betsy said to her, "You know we can be thankful for the fleas. The German soldiers won 't come in here they won 't come in here. Corey thinking back on her sister, this man standing before her. She wrestled with the most difficult thing she ever had to do. For I had, for I had to do it. I knew I must forgive. The message of God forgives. Um, the message that God forgives has a prior condition: that we forgive those who have injured us. Standing there before this former SS man, Corrie remembered that forgiveness is an act of the will. It's not an emotion. Jesus, she said. Jesus, help me. As she prayed. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You must supply the feeling. And Corrie thrust out her hand. She put out her hand. Remember, forgiveness isn't so much an emotion as an act of the will. And as I did it, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, she says, she testifies. It raced down my arm and it sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being and it brought tears to my eyes. And she said to him, I forgive you, brother, with all of my heart. Wow. As she reached out to forgive, the Lord met her to do so. Remember, forgiveness isn't so much just an emotion, but it's an act of the will. Forgive, she must. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former God and the former prisoner. Now, he didn't deserve it, did he? But that's not the point. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even so, I realized it was not my love. I had tried. And I didn't have the power, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive. And she can testify, and in other places, that forgiveness is the beginning of healing. You want to get over something, some devastation, some difficult, you must first forgive. And then healing begins to come. I can testify to you from my own life, that's very, very true. I'm sure some of these men that are ordered here can testify the same thing. That when you forgive, the healing begins to come. It doesn't mean that you forget all that happened. But God begins to work in your heart. He begins to take those stones that are in your heart and He begins to take them out. He begins to remove them one by one. And the joy of the Lord begins to fill your heart. Power of the Spirit of God begins to fill your heart. Your testimony of, of the greatness of God begins to um, develop in your mind. It begins to, to uh, become foremost in your life. You begin to forget about yourself. And God becomes everything to you. But that can't happen if you have unforgiveness. It's just not possible. Can you go back? Can you go back? Because if you don't forgive, I'm telling you, bitterness, resentment, petty... Offenses, bondage, grudges, these things just continue to form in your life. They won't let go. Only God, only the Lord can do that work. Can you go forward again? Lastly, I want to read some of these verses. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. We read something in Ephesians earlier about God's forgiveness of our sin. Paul goes on in the practical part of the the letter in chapter 4, verse 32. He says this to us. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God, you have been forgiven. Turn on Colossians 3. We read from Colossians earlier about the forgiveness of our sin. Colossians 3, verse 13, also is very practical in how do we respond to that. Colossians 3, verse 13. Bear with each other. That's a big statement. Bear. Forbear. Put up with each other. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive forgive as the Lord forgave you if you can testify this morning yes I am forgiven you must forgive it's not an optional extra I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it's sudden but you want to deal with that and maybe you're here this week As one of the things the Lord wants to do, I know He wants to do a lot in your lives, but maybe one of the things is that He wants you to deal with some unforgiveness in your heart. I don't know. But oh, the freedom of knowing there is nothing in your heart that is resentful or bitter. But you have a clean heart, a pure heart, that you have no unforgiveness. I'm not saying that and Cory Ten Boom is not saying it's fine what has happened, and you won't probably ever forget it. But for, to forgive is what to let go, let go. Don't let it control you. Don't let it follow you. Don't let it influence you. Let it go. Finally. 1 John 1, 1.9. I think we all know this. And I'd like us to bow our ahead. We've got a couple of minutes. Let's, let's pray together. I'm going to, to read uh, 1 John 1, 1.9. And I want you to pray as I read it. Oh Lord, show me. If there is any unforgiveness in my heart. Anything I need to deal with. Maybe against the parent. Maybe against your brother. Maybe against uh, uh, your boss. I don't know. Maybe you even have some, and I dare to say this, some bitterness toward God. I don't know. Not that God needs to be forgiven, but we need to deal with that that spirit of bitterness, resentment. For God does all things well. There is no sin in God. And we must realize that our comprehension is way off if we are bitter toward God. For God can only do wonderful things. We've said that already this morning. 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, if we admit, if we want to deal with something like unforgiveness in my heart, He, that is the Lord, is faithful and He is just and will forgive us our sins, plural, and purify us. Not only does He forgive, but He is willing to purify. God always goes the extra mile. Not only does He forgive, but He will purify us from all unrighteousness and set us free. Father, we ask this morning that You would place Your hand or Your finger upon our own hearts. Lord, You alone know the heart. We're not here to point fingers, but we are here for You to work in the heart. Oh Lord, show us. If there is any bitterness and resentment, unforgiveness in our hearts. No matter how small it is, oh Lord, we want to be clean vessels. Lord, many of the people in here are young. Oh, but it can take such deep root and affect us for the rest of our lives. Oh Lord, help help us see that You want to set us free. That You want to, us to deal with some of these things that we might be Ones who walk in absolute forgiveness. As you have forgiven us, so we must forgive others. And again, Lord, we realize that it doesn't mean that it was right what happened or that we might forget it. But, Lord, it becomes dim. It loses its grip, Lord. And we we want to ask you, please, by your Spirit, show us, Lord, show us. We confess our sins. You are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank You, Lord. And we praise You in Jesus' name. Amen.